All right, everybody, after a few years and some strike delays, we are finally here with my most anticipated film that I've had in a long time, Dune Part 2. This is a spoiler-free video, so no worries about that. Yeah, so Dune Part 2, exactly as it says, it's a sequel to Dune Part 1 that came out in 2021. It is a direct continuation of that film, as it is the book, the first book in Frank Herbert's Dune series, adapted into this two-part film. And so this like you would expect, picks up right after where that first film leaves off. And from there, it's just, it takes off running. So yeah, we pick up with Paul. Now his family has been decimated after the betrayal by the Emperor and the Imperium, as they were sent to this world dune, which consequently is the center of a lot of the power struggle because of the spice that exists on this planet that is used throughout the galaxy both as a drug as a fuel it is an essential element within the universe at this point in time so there is political machinations and underminings and paul and his mother jessica escaped into the desert found the fremen people the native people of the world of arrakis and join them. So this movie picks up right after that, and it is them being accepted into that culture. It is Paul learning the culture. There's also a whole thing where the Bene Gesserit witches have set up a prophecy over generations, and there are a lot of great questions here that carry over from the book. I am somebody who has read the books, at least the first couple. I'm a big fan, and the first Dune film gave me everything I could have possibly wanted from it. So I've been foaming at the mouth for this to get made, and I'm just so happy that it did get made. And so I went to the fan first premiere screening the second I heard about those coming out a week early. I was like, I am there. So obviously that's just a little bit of my, on my perspective on this. And this is a monumental film it just is as big as the cinematic medium allows films to be and it succeeds on its scale and its presentation on every degree i'm not somebody to say you have to see anything in any kind of format i obviously saw this in imax with the imax first look kind of thing but this is one of those movies where if you don't go to see everything in IMAX, but you do like to go see things in IMAX, make this one of those ones that you see in IMAX. Because the presentation is just that good, and the sound is designed for that kind of visceral experience. And that's really what this movie is. This movie is very just visceral. There's a lot of just power in it, both in the images and in the sound design and soundtrack. We have our returning cast members here with Timothy Chalamet as Paul. Zendaya gets a more fleshed out role here. She's really significant in this part of the film, as if you know the books, that would obviously be the case. You also have some of the supporting cast returning, like Batista, Brolin, Ferguson, Skarsgård, Javier Bardem, returns as Stilgar, a little bit bigger role here for sure than in the first film. Those other roles are about the same, I would say, but all of them return, inhabit their characters perfectly again, do a great job. The newcomers here, you have Florence Pugh as Princess Irulan, 
Christopher Walken as the Emperor, and Austin Butler as another one of the Harkonnens, Fade Rautha. And they all just step into this world perfectly. The cast here is obviously incredible. It's a ton of established talent and up-and-comers who have really been making a name for themselves lately, and they're all doing a great job here. Specifically, though, the movie is focusing primarily on Paul and Chani. Their relationship is really the core of this film. And they work really well together. They have great chemistry. I appreciate that this movie didn't go light on the romantic aspects of that because that's so important to the story. But they also amped up the action and intensity, even from what the book was. It's more of a constant throughout this film that you get some incredible sequences that all build on each other. And the world building that was done so well in the first part just continues here and you really get to understand the Fremen culture. I found it interesting the way that they put, you know, the way that they incorporated the thematic material from the books in a little bit more of an overt way that I think really worked for them making the film, which works because the book spends a lot of time in the characters' heads and you get every character's perspectives. It's not locked into one character. So I think the presentation changes here worked for the most part for me. I will say, book fans, there are going to be some changes here that I'm still having to get over myself as a book fan watching it, just accepting that the film, while it is an adaptation of the book, it is not the book just on screen. It is its own thing, its own work. But not to, I'm not spoiling anything when I say this, because if you're watching the film, it's not going to make any difference. But the main thing here that's a big change, because I think it's still a very faithful adaptation, but there is a condensing of time here that doesn't occur in the book. And there are ripple effects because of that. Because if you've read the book, you know kind of everything that goes on in the second half of the book. And that there's a little bit more time that passes here. That's not the case in the film. So if you are sitting in the movie expecting that time jump to happen, just know it's not coming. Because I was sitting there the whole time thinking, oh, are they doing this? And I was like, I guess they're not doing this, <laughs> which is really interesting. And then I was thinking a lot about the changes that were going to have to be there because of that change. And then I wasn't always thinking about the movie. So I definitely have to go see this again. Just accepting what the film is on its own and understanding that it doesn't do exactly what I expected it to do as a fan of the books. But I do think it does get to the heart of it. In particular, they do a great job with the Chani character. They almost switch her function a little bit from what she is in the book, in that in the book, I really do feel like she is a grounding for Paul, which works really well as the series goes on and he gets further and further into this world of prophecy and visions that you have that character there and their love together that really grounds that character and that is present here still that's still obviously a big part of the film and that the relationship between those characters however i will say the film does shake things up a little bit and chani kind of is a, gets to be not the grounding as much for paul necessarily but really the grounding for the audience as we're watching this which i think is a really smart move from a filmmaking standpoint, and it leaves off the movie on a really interesting note that I think gets to the heart of Herbert's theming in the books. Because, I mean, as much as Dune is this big epic tale with, you know, political backstabbings and a young hero, it's not Lord of the Rings. It has the scope of Lord of the Rings, but the story it's telling, it it's steeped in allegory. It is far more concerned with the state of humanity, as science fiction often is. And in order to be faithful to the books, I do feel like 
this movie is going to leave some people dissatisfied. And that's just a byproduct of being a good adaptation of Dune as far as I'm concerned, because reading it, you really, you know, there's a different kind of lens when you are reading something than experience what appears to be big populist popcorn entertainment. But at its core, this is something different than that. I don't think Dune is populist even if the movies are, if that makes sense. And I think that this movie does such a good job at portraying those ideas and the feeling that you're supposed to have towards the evolution of these characters' arcs as they go along throughout the film. Also say, Denis Villeneuve, I mean, he the, the man's been crushing it just <laughs> for the last number of years. Every time he comes out with a film, it ends up in my top five of the year for the last several films that he's come out with from ever since Prisoners, really. Prisoners, Sicario, Arrival might even be my favorite of his, but I also love Blade Runner 2049's Incredible, and I loved Dune Part 1. So Dune Part 2, I think, it fully delivers on everything that Dune Part 1 set up, and then more because I think that there's so much more to the second half of the book and the way it follows through on everything than even what you could have in the first half doing so much world building and setup for the characters, which is so important, but with both 1 and 2 now, it really feels like a complete experience. That being said, I will not rest until we get Dune Messiah, so go see this movie <laughs> two, three times, however many times you can see it. I want to see this movie get enough money at the box office that they're like, yeah, sure, we'll make a third one of these because Dune Messiah is a book I might even prefer over just Dune itself, and it's so good. So I want to see that adapted. A lot of people are talking about Austin Butler and his role here as Fade Rautha. They really do give him a lot of presence in the film. He doesn't show up for a while, as is true in the book, too. But it's interesting how it, is, it has adapted some of these characters that on the book, you know, amount of page time, that's not a real thing. But you know what I mean? <laughs> the amount of words written for, about this character and from this character's perspective to what is represented in the screen. I think you really get the presence of these characters like Austin Butler's and... Um, the Princess Ireland and Christopher Walken just doing his Christopher Walken thing, but it's, it just works here it, in this context and this environment for the character he's playing. It just works that he's doing his Christopher Walken thing. I don't know what it is, but it, I, I was a little skeptical of it, but not anymore. I am all on board with it. But yeah, you're just, like I said, I'm speaking pretty vaguely, as, as vaguely as I feel like I can. Because I don't want to give anything away because it really is one of those. You just got to see it. For people who have been complaining about the state of modern day blockbusters, feeling more cheaply pushed, put together, the presentation not matching things. I mean, I think back to like Lord of the Rings, of course. And even things like the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, like those movies, you watch them today, they hold up in pretty much every regard in terms of like their visuals and presentation. So it's really nice to get to see genre filmmaking done at this scale in a way that is just so complete feeling. It doesn't feel like anybody was rushed to get this thing out the door. It really got its time. It's got its due. And now with part one and part two, this is one of the great science fiction epics, even if we never get Messiah adapted. Also just wanted to acknowledge, I've commented on the visuals a lot, but Greg Frazier is 
has become, not is becoming, has become one of the great cinematographers of our time. And Hans Zimmer just continues to just blow me away with his creativity and how he presents the music and the the musical language of the film is so unique in what he was able to accomplish in Dune. But yeah, those are my spoiler-free thoughts on Dune. I might do a spoiler-filled video just so I can talk about those weird book change things that I got to get over, but <laughs> my own thoughts on the adaptation here. I have a lot of thoughts about that, but definitely go check Dune out. It's going to be hard to top this one this year. I'm not saying it's not possible. Like I said, I might have a few issues with some of its presentation as a book fan, but this is a really tremendous film, and I love seeing genre filmmaking really go for it. It's one of the all-time classic science fiction novels, and it's been brought to life in a way that I think really stays true to everything about it that really matters. So yeah, but that's that's my thoughts on Dune Part 2. Go check it out for sure. Thank you for joining me for this mini review on Great American Movie Review. We have Thursday podcast episodes where we talk about movies from the past, in-depth, spoiler-filled, but that'll do it for me, and we'll see you at the movies. <laughs>